So we'll start this off with a few words that I think are gonna really surprise you once you find out who said this, okay? So they go like this. I remember thinking, why am I doing this? I'm not getting any better. My friends are all better than me and they don't work half as hard as I do. The whole thing with me was confidence. I didn't believe that I was good. Once that kicked in, everything clicked for me, then they couldn't stop me. So, believe it or not, <laughs> those words come from none other than Kevin Durant, one of the greatest scorers in basketball history, actually struggled with confidence early on in his career. And I wanted to share that with you right at the start, just to say that if you are struggling with confidence, either on or even off the court, this is something that almost Every player throughout all of history, with very few exceptions, has had to go through, including Kevin Durant. So I, I almost see this as like a rite of passage for players who want to play at the highest level. If you want to get there, this is something that you will go through at some point or another during your career. And you have to go through it because playing at the highest level is almost impossible to do if you don't have really deep inner confidence within yourself. So. We are about to give you a predictable, reliable system for building that inner confidence without doing the things that you have probably been told to do by your coaches. And so we'll list a few of those things right off the start uh, to be really clear on the process here. So the first, <laughs> the first one, and uh, I'm sure you've heard this, we all have, Coaches will say things to players like, just be confident, just be confident in yourself. You know, it's so easy. And I think to myself when I hear this, like you might as well tell a player just to be taller, be taller, like go ahead, grow a foot, come back tomorrow and you'll, you'll be better. And in the same way that we can't press a button inside of ourselves and become taller, we don't flip a switch and just magically decide to become confident. No, confidence is an ability that you develop just like your handle, your jump shot, and your vertical jump take training. Confidence is something that you develop within yourself through habitual actions taken consistently, okay? So in the same way, <laughs> we are going to develop a, that system that you are going to be developing your confidence through. And one of the other misconceptions that I hear all the time from coaches is, Confidence is born completely out of preparation. If you just prepare, you'll feel confident. And that's true in the sense that you will feel more confident if you prepare than if you didn't prepare. However, just like KD said, how many players have we seen who out-prepare and outwork everybody else around them, but still fall short and kind of fade into the background during games, while other players who don't prepare as hard as they do take over and overshadow them? And this was even happening to KD, right? His friends weren't working half as hard as he did, and yet they were still outplaying him. And so if preparation is the only thing you're relying on for all of your confidence, it's usually not going to be enough. All right, and the other thing that's not going to be enough is good old fashioned, simple, positive thinking. Now, <laughs> positive thinking in and of itself is not a bad thing. We don't wanna think negatively, of course. However, it's what you might call a lightweight method, okay? And I'll explain it like this. If somebody's trying to win your trust and confidence in them, and they come up to you and they say, hey, I'm really trustworthy, like, uh, here are my credentials, I'm, uh, you know, you can be confident in me, just, just be confident in me. How much are you gonna trust them versus somebody who comes up to you and just proves with their actions that you can trust them absolutely? Well, you're gonna believe the actions a whole lot more than the words. And so if you're relying on words in your head to talk yourself into feeling confident, it's usually not gonna be enough. And I'll, uh, I'll put it this way as well. 
for a really deeply confident person, do you think they have to convince themselves in their mind that they are confident? Think about uh, Damian Lillard, for example, who we'll, we'll be using as, a, as an example of really deep inner confidence throughout this course. Do you think that he has to constantly be talking himself up in his own mind and convincing himself that he feels good and he feels confident and that he's so great? Probably not, right? Like none of us try to convince each other that the sky is blue. We've all seen it, it's very obvious. And so confidence, when you really have it, you don't need to talk about it in your mind. You don't need to convince yourself. You don't even really need the you know positive thinking methods. Like of course, positive thinking um, will essentially happen naturally. You will just be positive all the time because you don't ever have those inclinations to think negatively about yourself because you're confident, right? So these uh, misconceptions like just be confident as though you press a button and you decide to be confident, uh, you know, confidence is born through preparation, confidence is born through positive thinking. <laughs> these, again, I called them lightweight methods earlier. That's not what we're gonna be relying on here. We're gonna be using heavy duty methods here <laughs> to actually build deep inner confidence. And I'll start this off as we normally do with a quick story that will share really the foundations of how we're going to be building this. And we speak about active mind, right? And um, if you listen to that talk, if you haven't yet, it's called active mind. Um, definitely, definitely listen to that. But we talked about actively engaging in the material and thinking through the material as you learn. So as I'm telling this story, See if you can pick out the sources of confidence that I was relying upon. And what you're about to hear is a story about maybe the most confident point in my career up until this point, and then how all that confidence came crashing down around me just moments later. And so you're, you're about to see a really clear distinction here about how confidence is actually built. So actively see if you can point out those sources of confidence here that I was relying upon. So this story happened in my final year of high school basketball. And if you don't know already, I was coming off of a, a really severe hip surgery. I had a third of the cartilage cleaned out of my hip capsule and some of the bone uh, shaved off the head of the femur. And uh, I was basically bedridden for most of the summer. So I didn't train all that much leading into this season, just kind of squeezed in a couple weeks right before the season started. And so you could say that my confidence wasn't just low, it was really nowhere to be found. It was just completely uncertain. I was just com totally in the dark. <laughs> I had no idea how I was going to play, had the rustiest skills of my career, didn't know if my body would even hold up. I didn't know if like I would on the first play of the game have like this tearing feeling in my hip and be done for the season again, like I, like I had the previous season. So again, no confidence at all. We are going into a preseason game. It's on a Saturday against uh, a really high level team. Um, I believe that it was called St. Mary's. And so we're going into this game. I'm feeling no confidence at all. And then the jump ball goes up and I will, <laughs> it's one of those experiences that I will loosely categorize as luck. You know, those games where everything just seems to go your way. Well, that's what happened for me. I catch the ball off the tip. I take three dribbles at my defender, go behind the back and pull up for three with a hand in my face, hit that shot. First five seconds of the game, I've already hit a three. So now there's like this flicker of confidence coming to life. And it was one of those moves, you know, that like just kind of happens out of nowhere. It's not like I was feeling confident. So I, I pulled up for three. No, I just kind of did it. And suddenly I'm feeling confident. And so uh, a couple plays later, I hit another three. Uh, I hit a few more shots. And before you know it, end of the first quarter, I have 13 points and we're up against this really good team. 
and the crowd is going crazy. They're all like cheering and congratulating me and like the, everybody loves a comeback story, right? And that's what this was. My teammates are jumping up and down on the on the bench, patting me on the back. My coach is smiling ear to ear. I'm feeling amazing. I'm like talking myself up in my mind saying like, I'm unstoppable now. This is gonna be the best year of my career. I can't believe how well I'm playing. He can't guard me. You know, all the thoughts that go through our minds when we're playing really well. So this is what's going on. I'm having a lot of success. I'm getting validated by everybody else around me who's so psyched to see me come back. I'm having one of the like hottest quarters of my life in basketball. And then I'm talking myself up in my mind, comparing myself to everybody else on the floor and so on and so forth. So hopefully you can catch these like sources of confidence that are triggering this feeling in me. And I, I cool off a little bit throughout the course of the game. We ended up winning. Uh, I think I ended the game with like 24 points or something like that. So I, I cooled off a bit, but I still had a really strong game. And afterwards I'm feeling really good about myself. Keep in mind, the year before, I had averaged like uh, nine or 10 points a game or something like that. So this is a big jump, 24 points a game, 24 points in a game is, is a big deal for me at this point, especially coming off that injury. And so all of my teammates are, are like super, super happy for me. And they're all saying, you know, come out tonight, come out tonight with us. Um, you know, you, you just <laughs> well, I'll say this. At this point in my career, I didn't drink. I rarely, rarely, rarely went out. I usually liked to be in the gym when I wasn't hurt. Um, I was a little bit shy, introverted. And so at this point, I, my natural inclination is to just say, no, like I'm, I'm not going out. However, I was feeling so confident after that game that I just said, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like sign me up. And so later that evening, I'm walking up to this party and I still remember the house is like shaking. It's, it was so loud. They actually got a noise complaint. The cops came later that night. House is like thundering as I'm walking up to it. I walk up floating in on this cloud of confidence from earlier that day. I open the door and all at once I see like a hundred faces staring back at me. All these people from my school, girls from our school, people that I've never seen before who went to different high schools. This is like a serious house party. And all my teammates are like drinking in the back of the house, bouncing up and down, doing like just partying. And <laughs> all at once, that cloud of confidence I had just evaporates and drains out. And suddenly I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling insecure. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do with myself. I kind of like walk into the house, close the door, go up to my teammates. And like, they're all like really, really um, high energy and bouncing up and down and uh, exuberant. And I'm just feeling more and more uncomfortable by the minute. I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm feeling really quiet, trapped in my head. You, you've probably had this feeling before, right? Again, I don't drink. So I'm like stone cold sober. Everybody else is drunk. And after about 20 minutes or so, I just straight up leave. I was like, this isn't for me. Go home, lying in bed that night. I'm thinking to myself like, first thing this morning, I had no confidence at all. Nowhere to be found. <laughs> An hour later, I'm feeling like more confident than I can remember feeling my entire basketball life. And then as soon as I open the door to that party, all that confidence is gone again. How is that possible? <laughs> and more than that, is that even real confidence? If it's so unpredictable and unreliable and driven by external circumstances, then can I, like, how could I possibly build confidence that way? So, I hope you caught that, right? Remember, active mind. What were the sources of confidence that I was relying upon? Well, let's break these down. Number one, the source of confidence I was relying upon was success. So I had a successful game, played really well. 
which sparked this big upsurge of confidence in me. The second one was validation, right? Everybody else around me was telling me how great I was, was like congratulating me on this big comeback. I was, um, you know, my coach was really proud of me. All of these things that are really nice when they happen, but of course they don't happen all the time. But this was all happening in this moment. So I'm having a really successful game, getting validated by everybody else around me. And then the third one is comparison in my own mind. So I'm comparing myself to everybody else on the floor. And because I'm playing so well, that comparison looks really nice in my mind. So success, validation, and comparison are the three sources of confidence that are triggering this upsurge of really good feeling within myself. So what's wrong with that picture? And if so many players, I mean, this is these are the sources of confidence, really, success, validation, comparison, that trigger confidence for 99% of all basketball players, right? What's wrong with that? Well, that's the question I'll ask you. And we're about to head into a quick break, but as we take this break, ask yourself really deeply, like what is wrong with relying on success to drive your confidence or validation from other people to drive your confidence or uh, comparison in your own mind versus other people to drive your confidence? And why can we never rely on these? Okay, so I'll ask you that question and uh, take a moment, just stretch up, get a drink of water if you need to, or just power through, but make sure that you have some form of answer going into this next chapter. And uh, right now I will pause the recording, give you a chance to think about that. And then I will come back afterwards and see you on the other side. Okay, welcome back. So I hope you have an answer ready. What was wrong with relying upon success, validation, and comparison to fuel all of my sense of confidence in myself and in my game? Well, essentially, if you, if you didn't catch this, all of those sources of confidence exist outside of me. Having success in the outside world is not something that happens all the time for anybody. Even LeBron comes up short sometimes. And so if we are pinning our entire sense of confidence on success, it's sort of like investing our entire life savings into Bitcoin. It feels really good when that price goes up and we're playing well. It feels terrible when that price crashes and we're not playing well. So it's this roller coaster to nowhere. If all of our confidence is invested into our success, it's just, it's too unreliable and unpredictable. And plus, we can't control a whole, bu a whole bunch of the factors that uh, contribute to success. I can't control my teammates, can't control my coach, can't control the other team who's matched up with me. All of these factors that are outside of my control are determining my success. And so once again, we are not going to be reliant upon success to build all of our confidence for us. We're also, of course, <laughs> this is obvious, not going to be relying upon the validation of other people to fuel all of our confidence for us. If we do that, it's just like success. When they talk highly of us, we'll feel great. When they don't talk so highly of us, we'll feel terrible. And you've probably noticed that people with really deep confidence they don't need validation from anybody. It doesn't matter to them. When other people talk badly about them or criticize them, it doesn't bother them because they know who they are and they have that confidence already. So we're not gonna be relying upon validation. It's wildly unpredictable and unstable. And in addition to that, we're not going to be doing what most players do, which is comparing ourselves to everybody else in our own mind. And I'll use an example to illustrate this point. If you are, let's say, a high school player and you go to a run with a bunch of college players who are all bigger, stronger, faster, older than you, and you start 
trying to talk yourself up in your mind because you're not feeling all that confident and, and saying to yourself like, they can't touch me, I'm the best player here. These things that may or may not be true. Well, how much are you gonna believe the words that you're saying to yourself? And <laughs> what you'll find is that comparison between yourself and other people to fuel all of your confidence relies almost entirely on everybody else around you not comparing well with you. Like you have to actually be better than them for that comparison to work. And not only that, but if you are doing that fake it till you make it confidence, if you're not actually the best player, but you're just telling yourself you are, well, there's gonna be a critical fracture in your sense of confidence that we'll talk about um, not too long from now, okay? So we'll go deeper into this in a moment, but I wanna say this up front. Your confidence is none other than your ability to trust yourself, okay? You may wanna write that down actually. Confidence is the ability to trust yourself. So the act of building confidence is essentially the same as the act of earning your own trust. And if you're telling yourself things that aren't true all the time just to try to feel confident, you're fracturing your trust and therefore you're fracturing your sense of confidence. So let's line these things up. We have success, totally unreliable. We have validation from other people, even more unreliable. And then we have comparison between ourselves and other people, again, unreliable. And these things, like if we are pinning all of our confidence onto these outer factors, we develop what I now call outer confidence, okay? It's confidence that is triggered by sources outside of ourselves. What we're gonna be developing here is what I now call inner confidence, okay? This is confidence that is generated entirely from within you. The difference between the two, I would liken it to sort of the difference between like a sugar rush versus a really healthy, nutritious meal, okay? In outer confidence, we get this rush of, um, of good feeling of confidence when we, again, have success, validation, comparison, uh, positive comparison between ourselves and others. We get this rush of confidence, but inevitably there's a crash, right? When we stop, when that success goes away, the validation goes away, we crash. On the other hand, inner confidence is like this healthy, nutritious meal that sustains us and gives us clean, clear energy over a long period of time. And we're gonna be talking about exactly how to develop this inner confidence in a moment, but I'll, um, I'll drive home this comparison with uh, an example of two players, okay? So if you looked at Paul George and Damian Lillard, Paul George, to me, is one of the best players in the world. He's got this incredibly well-rounded game. I, I personally really like watching him play. The problem is you don't always know what you're gonna get with him. He could show up and be playoff P and drop 40 and play incredible and dominate like we know he can. At the same time, like we don't know, he, he could easily show up and turn into pandemic P and <laughs> score 15 points and shoot 30% from the field and kind of disappear and be a shell of the player that we know that he is. And with Paul George, when things are going well, he's really good, he's one of the best. When things aren't going so well and he's under pressure and he's being criticized, he tends to kind of fall apart. And that is because he has, again, outer confidence, confidence that is dependent upon success, validation, and comparison. Inner confidence isn't dependent on any of those things. And so, just like the healthy meal, it gives us this sustained, permanent, rock-solid sense of deep confidence within ourselves. And this is what you see in a guy like Damian Lillard. Even when he doesn't play well, 
he's still like, for example, at the end of a game when he hasn't played well, he's still going to want the ball in his hands to take that final shot because he still believes he can make it. And he probably will. <laughs> that is inner confidence. No matter where he goes in the world, I, I heard in an interview recently when he was saying like, I'm the same person, whether I'm uh, with my family or whether I'm walking down the street by myself, I don't change. I'm the same person. That's the kind of confidence we're talking about where you are always you. <laughs> Deep down, like you know who you are and you are just rock solid and reliable. That confidence doesn't waver. It doesn't, um, it's not shaken in the face of failure. It's not shaken by the things that other people say about you. You don't need to talk yourself up in your own mind. It's just always there. So how do we develop this? Well, I just mentioned that confidence is defined as the ability to trust ourselves. And so, as I said before, the development of confidence is essentially the same as earning your own trust in yourself. And so I want to ask you another active mind question here. What do the people you trust most all have in common? What is the single thing that they all have in common? Okay, I'll ask you that and then we'll take a break right now. So take a moment just to, uh, you can pause if you want and, and just ask yourself this question and really have an answer ready for when we come back. You can, um, again, stretch up, shake out if you'd like to get a drink of water, no more than a minute or so. Come back with your answer ready and then we'll get into exactly how to develop this sense of inner confidence in you. Okay, welcome back. So when we left off, we, we made a really important definition, which is that confidence is the ability to trust yourself. And so if that's true, then what do the people that we trust most all have in common? Well, you might have answered things like, when they say they're gonna do something, they do it, they're reliable. When they tell you something, you know that it's true, they're trustworthy. When they value something in the world, their actions actually reflect those values, and so they have integrity. All of these things are true, the way that I like to sum all that up and put it into words is that we trust those who live by a code. We trust those who live by a code. Now your code is essentially the principles that you live your life by. It's like your operating system for how you live your life. And your confidence, your trust in yourself will be equal to how well you follow that code. So for example, if discipline is a really important part of your code, which it is for a lot of basketball players, but you're missing workouts, you're not doing the work that you know you need to do, how much are you really gonna trust yourself? How confident are you really gonna feel? Well, not all that confident, right? Because you're always breaking your trust, you're breaking your code. If you really value integrity, if integrity is a part of your code, but you're telling white lies to get out of trouble, telling people things that you think they wanna hear rather than things that are actually true, how much are you gonna trust yourself? How confident are you gonna feel? Again, not very confident because you're breaking your code. And uh, another one, if part of your code is courage, but you're backing down from challenges, you're not taking on the toughest assignments, you are um, not wanting the ball in your hands at the end of games, taking the last shot, how much are you gonna trust yourself? How confident are you gonna feel if you're always breaking your code? So your confidence, once again, is going to be equal to how well you follow your code. And I know on the surface, this sounds simple, it's a whole lot more radical than you probably think, all right? And I'll give you a few examples of what I mean. In the army, for example, they rely on a code called the warrior ethos. So the warrior ethos, a part of that code, is that um, the, the way that they define it is to never leave a man behind. You've probably heard of that in movies, TV shows. Never leave a man behind, 
means that every single person in the unit can have confidence in everybody else in the unit and those in command that they will not be left behind no matter what. No matter how the, the battle is going, they won't be left behind. They can trust their life to everybody around them. And make no mistake, like game seven in the NBA finals type of pressure, <laughs> that is nothing compared to being under fire in the heat of battle in a war, <laughs> okay? So that is when you really need confidence. And again, I have not been in a war. I'm just imagining, but I can imagine pretty certainly that that's a higher pressure situation, all right? So that is where a code is absolutely fundamental. Like without that code, the entire unit breaks down and they can't trust each other with their lives, which means it's every man for themselves and the entire unit falls apart. So if you're in charge, if you're one of the commanders, would you rather lose a battle but keep your code intact or win a battle but but break your code and sacrifice it and lose all the confidence in that code. Well, if you're a good commander, you would much rather lose the battle but keep your code intact because that code is gonna stay with you through every battle that you're in. If the code is broken, everybody loses confidence in everybody around them and those in command and everything falls apart, all right? So the code is more important than even success. Upholding your code in the face of every situation that you find yourself in, success or failure, um, praise and criticism, no matter what happens, your code is the most important thing, all right? In the, in the army, it's literally life and death. And also it's life and death in our society. So think about the way that our society is constructed is made up of laws, is made up of a, a really well-defined and well-thought-out constitution, or hopefully, um, hopefully well-defined. And so in our society, if rather than having these very clearly defined laws, a clearly defined code that we follow, what would happen if they just made suggestions? <laughs> you know, like the basketball player who says, you know, discipline is a part of my code or um, I, I really value integrity, but doesn't really clearly define it. What would happen if a society said things like, you know, it's better if you don't murder people. It's better if you don't steal. Well, <laughs> if that society doesn't have a code, that society doesn't exist. All right, make no mistake, like it descends into utter chaos. People die, that society, essentially like humanity goes extinct without a code. You can see this now, like how, how important this is. <laughs> it's life and death in a society. And yet, as individuals within that society, so few of us have ever clearly defined our code. And so internally, we are in chaos. It's no wonder that so many people in the world feel anxious, feel uncertain, feel, um, not so good about themselves in a lot of cases because that code is not well-defined and we don't have actions that back up that code. So if we're gonna develop a really clear code for ourselves, it has to be precise, rational, well-thought-out, unambiguous, meaning no gray area. We know exactly what actions to take in every scenario. It has to be that way. Otherwise, it's chaos and our code means nothing, all right? This, this is like, again, in the army, if they said, you know, try to bring everybody home, that's a very different thing from never leave a man behind. So the, the way that we construct our code is very important. And the way that I like to describe this is corrupt code versus clean code. We go back to that computer analogy. If we have a computer that's corrupt, that's glitching out all the time, <laughs> we're not gonna be able to use that thing very well. When we have clean, well-defined code, we get this like streamlined supercomputer. That's what we're building here. So. To drive this home, I wanna give you a couple examples of like a, a corrupt code. So this is gonna be a little bit extreme, but let's say like a society, for example, like Nazi Germany. 
in a, in a dictatorship, they have a code. Like it's obvious that they've they've developed their their code. It's just not a very good one. <laughs> it's not the right one, and it's certainly not the right one for the most uh, members of that society. It's a corrupt code. So you can see how like just having a code is not enough. You want the right code. You want clean code rather than corrupt code. On an individual level, that's not so intense. <laughs> we will talk about like being loyal to a fault, okay? If loyalty is a part of your code, but you haven't really defined what that means, what happens when one of your best friends starts doing something that is illegal or wrong? Do you stay loyal to him and do you like follow him down into this pit of disaster? Or do you say like, no, I'm not gonna stay loyal to you if you choose to do that? That's where you really need to know what your code is, all right? If you say that uh, discipline is a part of your code, but you find yourself being excessively disciplined to the point where you're actually running your body into the ground, which a lot of players in deep game, a lot of players that I've worked with fall for this. I did myself, I had career ending injuries as a result of this. So excessive discipline, it is a really corrupt code. You want to very clearly define what that code of discipline means for you. Again, we used that example before. Never leave a man behind is very different from try to bring everybody home. We need it as clear and precise as like never leave a man behind. This is what our code means. This is what we stand for. This is who we are. This is how we uphold our code. That is what, what truly builds inner confidence. And I know that... Um, we, we, we're going to get into next how to define this code, but I, I want to make really clear exactly what the benefits are in basketball because the benefits outside of basketball off the court are pretty clear, right? Like this is kind of what you might call good person confidence or adult confidence. It's this mature form of confidence that stays with you where you feel good within yourself. You know that you're a good person no matter what happens. You're reliable, you're trustworthy, you have integrity. All of these things are great off the court and they're super important. <laughs> and you will feel very confident off the court. However, the uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll share a radical thought with you, okay? Because the benefits on the court might not be so clear to every player. So radical thought. For most basketball players that I've worked with, one of the driving forces behind their desire to be really great in basketball is actually to develop this form of inner confidence. It's not that we want inner confidence in order to play better on the basketball court. We actually wanna play better on the basketball court in order to feel inner confidence, <laughs> right? You see, like if you wanted to, if you, you wanna become this dominant 20 point per game player, what you really want is how that will make you feel, right? And the way that you will feel is confident in yourself. If you're not feeling confident right now, basketball is sort of like the solution that many players have to that problem. We're just cutting out the middleman and going straight to the inner confidence so that you're not reliant on basketball to build all of your confidence for you. What this gives you is like nothing short of superpowers. Essentially, what it gives you is freedom. You can step on the court, and not have to rely on the way that you play to fulfill all of your confidence for you. So there's no pressure. It doesn't matter how you play anymore. And that 
in a paradoxical way, as we all know, helps us to play so much better because we can finally relax into the game. We finally don't feel this life and death pressure about if I play well, I'm gonna feel great. If I play terrible, I'm not gonna be able to live with myself afterwards. No, like all of that can go away and we can just sink into the love of the act of playing the game itself. We have freedom. It's sort of like um, <laughs> in a negotiation in business, the person who wins the negotiation is the person who needs it less, the person who actually can walk away from the negotiation. That's the person who wins. And so in the same way, the player who doesn't need to play well to feel good about themselves is the player that's gonna play better. It's, uh, to use another, an, an, <laughs> another analogy, in a relationship, if you are totally dependent on the other person to make you feel good, how well do you think that relationship is gonna function? It's way too much pressure on the other person. And so you become needy, you become clingy, and the relationship falls apart, and usually there's heartbreak. That's what a lot of players are doing with basketball. You're expecting basketball to fulfill you entirely, and yet a much better method, a much better method, is to come to basketball already fulfilled so that you are free to simply enjoy the game. One of our players, Auntie has this really famous quote. He's a professional basketball player and one of the top FIBA three-on-three players in the world, um, just recently retired. And he has this really famous saying. He said, you play free. <laughs> you play free. You play free of all this mental baggage, all this pressure. You can just walk onto the court and hoop. You know, like the way that we love to play, it's the most beautiful way to play this game. And that's what inner confidence gives to you when you're developing it through practicing and living your code in everyday life. The inner confidence that it, that it gives you is this unshakable, like absolute knowing of who you are, what you stand for, that you are a good person all the way through to your core. And so no matter what happens on the basketball court, it's not gonna touch you. It's not gonna touch you. And so you develop this like coat of armor <laughs> where even if you have a terrible game, it's, it's not gonna hurt you nearly as much. If people are criticizing you for your play, it's not gonna hurt you nearly as much because you know what you're about. All right, so it gives you again this superpower. You can imagine in like going back to that relationship analogy, if you come into the relationship as this reliable, trustworthy, solid person of integrity with deep inner confidence because you know you're a good person no matter what, how much easier is it gonna be on that other person to be in that relationship with you? How much more attracted to you are they gonna be? It's the same way in basketball, okay? So make no mistake, like this is a deep, deep, deep superpower that you're developing here. And in our next chapter, we are going to get into exactly how we're going to develop this, all right? So before we do, I have a question for you, all right? Uh, and this is gonna be a real key question. This is one of our active mind questions here. What do you value most? What do you value most in the world? Put that into like a, a single statement. It should be like one, one to three words probably. Um, what do you value most? What is most important to you? Think about that. First thing that comes to mind, um, what I'd like to ask you as a backup question, a follow-up to that, is if it's not that, <laughs> what might it be? What might it be? So come up with your first answer and then ask yourself, if it's not that, what might it be? All right, so we'll take a break now. Stretch up, shake out, as always, get a drink of water if you need to. I'm gonna do the same because I've been talking for a while now. And uh, answer that question before we come back and then we'll, we will get into how to develop your code.
Okay, welcome back. So it is finally time to start designing your personal code. And we've already actually laid a lot of the foundation here. What I wanna do now is give you a few really critical guidelines for um, your own process as you go into your own life and start building and, and living by your code. These guidelines are really gonna help you out. And there's a, a really key point that I wanna make here. What we're doing as we design our code is replacing sources of outer confidence with sources of inner confidence and then reinforcing that inner confidence with clear habits and actions that we take in our lives. So this isn't something that you just uh, design for yourself once and then kind of forget about it and say, okay, now I've got my code. No, your actions need to back up that code. So for example, one of the sources of outer confidence that we've already talked about is success. And when we feel ourselves kind of attaching to this need for success and this fear of failure and wondering how we're going to play or nervous about um, not playing so well, well, what source of inner confidence could we replace that with? What I would suggest to you is replacing the need for success with courage, okay? Courage means you step up to the challenge that you're facing, regardless of success, failure, or even confidence. Courage means you step up to the challenge even if you don't feel confident. And there's a really famous story about this, about Damian Lillard, um, who we've used throughout this talk as examples. And <laughs> in Dame's career as a rookie, he actually missed his first two game-winning shot attempts when he demanded the ball, told his coach to give him the ball, he wanted it at the end of the game, and he missed them both. So the third attempt came around later on that year. And once again, he demanded the ball. And his coach looked at him like, are, are you sure? All his teammates said, man, you, you must be crazy. Like, what are you thinking? And yet Dame said, no, give me the ball. I want the ball. <laughs> Despite the fact that he hadn't been successful yet that season, he still wanted it in his hands and he still took that shot and he made it. That's how courage ultimately builds inner confidence, okay? Dame now is one of the, I would say, the most clutch player in the league today, and it's because he had the courage to step up in the face of failure. Success didn't matter. The courage mattered to him. And so that's why he's developed this deep, deep inner confidence over time. The, another uh, really good example of this was when Kobe was running his studio after his career. And he said in an interview once, something I'll never forget, he said, we don't take on projects that we know how to do. We take on projects that we don't know how to do because it's gonna challenge us to figure it out along the way. He doesn't care about like the um, fear of failure in the face of a project he doesn't know how to take on. He wants that project that he doesn't know how to write, that he doesn't know how to design and how to communicate, like the story that he's not sure how all the pieces fit into place. He wants those projects. So success and failure is less important than the courage to rise to the challenge and find out what he's made of. That is courage, okay? Courage means doing something without confidence, <laughs> without having had success in the past. That's completely up to you. You can take that game-winning shot. You can uh, take on the toughest assignment, the toughest matchup. You can do the thing that you're not sure you can do. You can approach that pretty girl at school. And regardless of what she says to you, you can strengthen and fortify your inner confidence just by knowing that you had the courage to step up and do it anyway in the face of a lack of confidence. That's the process here of like defining your code really specifically with actions that reinforce that code. And I'll, I'll give you one more example. Um, 
Validation is another one that many players rely upon, uh, the, the things that other people say about them. And of course, this is not something that we can rely upon for, um, for real inner confidence. So how could you validate yourself? Well, you could validate yourself by having rock solid, reliable integrity. If you are a person of, of real integrity, when you mean what you say and you say what you mean and everything that you say can be trusted and when you say you're gonna do something, you do it, when you know that about yourself and, it, and it's true, what can anybody say against you like that that actually is going to hurt you it's going to be much more uncommon for people to talk badly about you however they still will because <laughs> like you know nobody goes through life not having any criticism whatsoever but that criticism is not going to cut so deep because you know who you are and what you stand for all right there um there was this game in 2018. I'll go back to Damian Lillard because he's such a good example of this. There was in 2018, the Pelicans swept the Blazers in the playoffs in the first round. And the Blazers were the third seed. So they were, um, you know, it was kind of an upset and the Blazers fans were really understandably crushed. And the NBA was kind of criticizing the Blazers and criticizing Damian Lillard. And after the, the fourth game, after they got swept, the team came in and they said to Dame, like, do you want to go up on the podium and talk to reporters and answer questions right now? We understand if you don't, you don't have to. It's a tough night, whatever. And Dame said, no, like, I'll, of course, like I'll, I'll step up. And so he gets up on the podium and he says very clearly to everybody, he said, we lost to a better team. I should have played better. I didn't play well enough. We need to do better. Very clearly, like that is the honest, direct answer. That is an answer of integrity. He didn't shy away because everybody was criticizing him. He didn't say that like, you know, he didn't cower and go back in the locker room and nurse his wounds like most players would and kind of shy away from the media. No, he stepped up despite the situation being so, um, so crushing for so many people. He said, no, like this is the situation. Here's how it is. And he told it like it was. That's integrity over validation. And because he has that integrity, these situations, because he knows um, he, he knows who he is, they don't cut as deep, all right? They don't cut as deep. And he knows regardless of the outcome and regardless of what other people are saying, it, it can't affect the inner confidence that he has. Yes, the situation was tough, but ultimately the inner confidence remained intact. Okay, that's the, that's the power of true integrity. And th in that way, you start to validate yourself, like I said. There's nothing anybody else can say to you because you already know who you are and what you're about. So this is the process that you wanna go through. Identify the sources of outer confidence that are affecting your inner confidence and then replace them, or, or rather I, I should say, that are affecting your confidence and then replace them with reliable sources of inner confidence that are connected to actions that you can take. To uphold your integrity, the actions are very clear. Like, tell the truth, do what, you're, what you say you're gonna do <laughs> in all situations. If it's a matter of telling a white lie and sacrificing your integrity but avoiding some punishment, take the punishment because your integrity is more important, okay? So uh, I'll give you another piece of advice here. As you're defining your code, you can ask yourself, what qualities do you respect most in other people? When you look out at the world, what qualities do you respect most in other people? Those are the qualities that you most want to cultivate within yourself. And so those can become your sources of inner confidence. Once you've got those, 
tie them into actions that you can take on a daily basis, really define what those mean for you so that you have a clean, streamlined code that you can live by, an operating system to run your life off of. And it also really helps if you can kind of turn this into a statement or a mantra for yourself. And I've heard Dame say in many, many interviews, obviously I've like gone researching for stories. Um, in many interviews, he said the same thing over and over. He said, handling my business. That's the way he put it. I handle my business. And when he says like, I handle my business, it reminds him of what his code is. When it's a matter of like, do you wanna go and speak on the podium or do you wanna just stay here and like, uh, you know, collect yourself. He says, no, I handle my business. I'll step up and I'll, I'll talk to the media and tell them how it is because I handle my business. For Kobe, that was Mamba mentality. You know, that like little one-liner that he can say to himself and remind himself of who he is, what he's about. For me, uh, the, the saying that has come to me in my own work with this is never sacrifice the higher for the lower. Never sacrifice the higher for the lower. And what that means essentially is that things like courage, integrity, originality, th things that are, are really clear values that I have, those are much more valuable, much more important than uh, success, <laughs> than validation, than um, comparison between myself and others. No, the, the higher are the internal qualities and traits and never sacrifice the higher for the lower. Never sacrifice courage for um, the sake of success or failure. Like I, I'm not worried about failure as long as I step up because the courage is more important, okay? So this is how you do this work in a real way and define these qualities for yourself. And I will say as well, like understand you will make mistakes along the way. That is true. It, <laughs> it is impossible if you are a human being to be 100% with your code. Even some of the greatest figures in history, like Gandhi, Martin Luther King, if you dig deep enough, you will find lots of mistakes in their history because they're human, okay? They did better than most, but they still made mistakes. And so view it in that way. Forgiveness of yourself has to be a part of your code because you are going to make those mistakes. And so just going back to the bank account analogy, as long as you are putting those deposits in the, in the account and growing your, the wealth of your confidence over time, ultimately, you are tracking in the right direction. Yes, you will make mistakes and some cash will drain out and you'll make a bad investment once in a while. That happens. But over time, just get a little bit better and a little bit more consistent. And what you don't want to do is turn your code into this like dictator that stands over top of you, sort of like a really strict parent and like gets ready to punish you at the slightest hint of making a mistake. No, because then you're just projecting this outer thing onto yourself and it, it becomes this sort of imaginary form of outer confidence. If you please this imaginary dictator, then you'll have inner confidence. No, th this isn't what we're doing here. We don't uphold our code because we want to please the dictator. We uphold our code because it feels good. All right. Ultimately, yes, it requires sacrifice and it can be hard at times, but it feels good to have integrity. It feels good to step up. And even if you miss that shot, to know that you had the courage to take it, all right? When everybody else backed down, you had the courage to take it. If you play against somebody and they drop 30 on you, but you took that matchup and you like grinded it out, having the courage feels better than backing down and knowing that you chickened out of that challenge, right? The, back, back in um, the early 2000s when Kobe and T-Mac 
were kind of at the peak of their powers. Every time the Lakers and the Magic played, Kobe would always be guarding T-Mac. T-Mac was never guarding Kobe. <laughs> and yes, T-Mac sometimes dropped 40 on Kobe and Kobe, you know, got outplayed at times. And sometimes Kobe would outplay T-Mac, but he always took that challenge because the courage was more important than the success or the failure. So again, never sacrifice the higher for the lower. It feels better to do it that way, to live in this way. And the, the sense of inner confidence that you develop from this is completely and totally irreplaceable. It's one of the most beautiful gifts that you can give to yourself. And you are responsible. You are the only one who can give yourself this gift. The way that I've experienced this in my life is that the, the difference between living life with inner confidence and living life without it is sort of like living your life in black and white versus seeing it in like vibrant living color. It is that profound. Everything in your world becomes more vibrant, more beautiful when you have this inner confidence within yourself. And it can be built. It can be built regardless of the external circumstance that you find yourself in. Because again, inner confidence is confidence that's triggered by factors that are within you. You are in control of this, okay? So that is my wish for you. Never sacrifice the higher for the lower. If you need any help with this, please reach out. We are here. Like I do this work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So our, our team will help you with this. Um, it's one of the most beautiful gifts that you can give yourself. I know I already said that, but I really can't stress this enough. I, one of my favorite ways of putting this actually comes from Will Smith, who obviously is a person of a lot of confidence and charisma. And Will Smith put it like this. He said, no matter where I go in the world, I feel like I'm at home. That is inner confidence, where no matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter who you're talking to, who's guarding you on the court, what country you're in, <laughs> you always feel at home, confident, comfortable within your own skin because you know yourself, you know your code, and you know that you follow that code and upheld it in every situation. That is, that is inner confidence, okay? So that is my wish for you here. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope that uh, it's helped you in a really deep way. It truly can if you follow this code. And uh, again, if you need anything at all, don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. And otherwise, I will see you in the next one. Hey, it's Coach Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is go to deepgame.com and register for our free one-hour masterclass. Now, in this masterclass, you'll learn all eight laws of the deep game and all of the fundamentals and techniques that you need to know about the part of basketball that's played with the mind. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives. And I think this is going to be so powerful for you. So go to deepgame.com right now, register for the masterclass and I will see you there.